Servant Leadership Institute podcast. If you don't already know, we are happy to announce that world-renowned leadership expert Ken Blanchard will be taking the stage at our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference. We are fortunate enough to have had Ken grace our stage many times, and if you haven't seen him speak, he is incredible. For this episode, we wanted to go back to a conference conversation between SLI founder and CEO Art Barter and Ken. The leadership knowledge both of these men have is vast, and to have them together is fireworks. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you like what you hear, head on over to our website at www.servantleadershipinstitute.com and hit the registration link. Seats are filling up fast for this event, so you don't want to wait. That's it for me. Here's Art and Ken. So, Ken, you've... uh been in leadership for a long time and the servant leadership has has been a focus of yours uh here and i've, I've been a uh, recipient of that um share with us some of the things in the last year or two that you guys have become aware of in servant leadership that that that, that will really help people well, who our, want one to of the things direction. that we really are getting clearer and clearer on is that we're not jumping in to teach about leadership until we've dealt with the leader mm-hmm. because I think if uh, you don't have a sense of whose you are and who you are uh, you're going to be thinking that leadership is all about you and all and, and it, we can teach all the techniques in the world about leadership to somebody who's a self-serving leader <laughs> mm-hmm. and is uh, either has false pride where they have a more than attitude towards others or fear of self-doubt when they have a less-than attitude, and it's pretty hard to get them to apply it because they're focused on themselves. And so uh, we really go after people now to take a look at, you know, you know, who are you and how do you get comfortable in your own skin and, and all, because I, I think that uh, servant leadership starts in the heart mm-hmm. with uh, your character and who you are and answering the question, are you here to serve or be served? Or be served, yeah. And, exactly. uh, and then it moves out to your head, you know, what's your, what are your beliefs about leadership? And office and leadership training, we're mainly dealing with yeah, how people think. Mm-hmm. And sure, how you think and you believe impacts your behavior, which is the hands mm-hmm. part, but uh, the heart is the one that drives all of that. And then we're now still spending more time, too, on looking at what are the habits you do to recalibrate who you want to be in the world, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, how do you enter your day slowly and how do you do stuff like that? Uh, you you uh, talk about ego being one of the biggest obstacles. Um, share your thoughts and, and some of the things you do to help get people past their egos. Well, uh, Art, we really have found that uh, the ego is the biggest uh, block to being a servant leader and and we define it as, you know, edging God out, or you can say uh, everything good outside if you don't want mm-hmm. that or him. But what you're focused on is your self-worth as a function of your performance plus the opinion of others. So everything is out there. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, of course, with servant leadership, we want it not to be about you, it would be about other people. When I say out there, you're always trying to impress people. You're always trying to, you know, make sure that the numbers look good if you're involved and all. And that's a dead end thing because, you know, people are fickled mm-hmm. and your performance isn't great. So we try to, uh, you know, back it up a little bit. And so let's say, say where you are. And we have a 12 step Egos Anonymous program now because we think it's the biggest addiction uh, art in the world because uh, false pride, you know, where you think more than is really an overcompensation for self-doubt and fear. Mm-hmm. If you remember mm-hmm. Thomas Harris years ago wrote, I'm okay, you're okay. Mm-hmm. He said the worst life position was, I'm okay, you're not. And what he was really saying is that when you think you're great and other people aren't, but he said the people who think I'm okay, you're not, are really covering up not okay feelings about themselves. Right. Yeah. And so that's why uh, with self-doubt, we try to, get people to understand that God didn't make any junk, that they, they're beautiful and they, they have a lot of skills. Yeah. Uh, when you, when you wear that camouflage, it wears you out inside, yeah. right? It, it just right. wears you down. And, and at some point in time, you, you can't keep it up. No, yeah. no. And, yeah. and so if, uh, you know, Michael here talked a lot about trust, you know, and if, if you don't trust yourself, it's pretty hard to build trust with somebody. It is, it is. And, and I don't think leaders really understand that trust has to start within the, the senior leadership team. And if they don't trust each other, they can't go out and build trust with the rest of the organization. Yeah. Then it's just a, just a word. And, and, uh, but servant leadership's got to be built on trust. And mm-hmm. servant leadership is also kind of love in action. It is. Really. Yep. And, and, uh, and all love, it's not a gushy love. It's just realizing that People are beautiful, and how do you bring out the best in them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, all the data shows that if you, Michael was great talking about, if you connect with people before you... <laughs> Jump into action. Jump into yeah. action. Yeah. And, you know, the middle step he talked about was trust. Uh, but the connection is really important, which is heart-to-heart, you know. Uh, art, somebody told me, and... and you passed the test with me early, is if you're going to do any work with somebody, uh, there's two aspects. One is, uh, is essence, and the other is form. And essence is heart-to-heart and values. The values and form is what do you want to do. And he said, be careful with people who want to jump to form right away because essence is going to bite you eventually. You know? And so what I really have tried to do is get to know somebody and then feel if we're on the same wavelength, you know, and you and I right from the beginning, you know, knew that we were on the same wa- wavelength. And yeah. so we can sort of say, yeah, you know, this is something maybe we might want to yeah, do exactly. or you might exactly. want to get yeah. involved. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's such an important thing. And uh, so to have an essence relationship with somebody else, you have to also be comfortable with who you are. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember... I had this idea about writing the power of positive uh, leadership. And, and so uh, I went to one guy who was a really you know, big proponent of that. And I thought he would be great to write it with. And he was all about form, you know, who's going to do what and how we're going to break up the royalties. And, and so I passed on that. And so my publisher called and said, I know you were disappointed in that meeting. 
have you ever thought about writing a book with Norman Vincent Peale? And my first response was, is he still alive? Because yeah. <laughs> my parents had gone to his church before I was born. Uh-huh. Turned out he was 86 years old at the time, and they said he's now alive, he's fabulous. So I went to New York, and I spent a three-hour lunch with uh, Norman and his wife, Ruth, and she had a pad that said Lady Boss, you know, and she was really uh-huh. part of the team and with our publisher and, and some other folks. And in three hours... I never heard one form question. It was all essence. All essence, Tell right. us about yourself and mm-hmm. let us tell you and all. Yep. And at the end, Norman turned to Ruth and he asked the ultimate es- essence question. He said, Ruth, do you think we should write this book with Ken? And uh, she said, absolutely under one condition. He said, what's that? From now on, when we get together, he will bring his wife, Margie, and the four of us will do, because yeah, they heard good things yep, about exactly. Margie. Yep. Uh-huh. And, uh, so it was really, and so we didn't really know what we were going to do, <laughs> but we knew we were going to do something, do something yeah. together because of the, the yeah. essence yeah. Uh, yeah. thing, and it was just a... Margie's, uh, isn't she the brains of the outfit? Absolutely. Absolutely, right? You married yeah. up, right? We, we both married yeah. up, didn't we? Yeah. No, I think that's, yep. uh, that's really true. I think when you realize that you married up, that, that you realize you got a partner, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so somebody said... Who, who is your sounding board? Who keeps you in shape? And I said, Margie, and also my son and my uh, daughter, you know, my daughter Debbie used to say, Dad, you know, <laughs> you know, and I know I've gone a little about over boundaries, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and Scott, will, Scott will call me on stuff. And so it's, uh, it's really important to have that support system that will be honest with you. you exactly. Know. Yeah. So the, I agree. Carried away. You you taught me about turning the organization chart upside down, mm-hmm. right? And and um, uh, the day you did that really has, has really stuck with me. And could you just kind of share your thoughts on why is it so important for organizations uh, and leaders to think well, about an or- organization a different way? I think it it's the essence of servant leadership because when I talk about servant leadership with people in business and different organizations, they think I'm talking about the inmates running the prison or trying to please everybody or mm-hmm. some religious movement. But there's two parts of servant leadership. One is uh, the uh, vision, direction, and goals, you know, which is leadership's about going somewheres. And if people don't know where you want them to go, they don't have a chance to get there. They don't. And the responsibility for vision and direction and goals and values and all comes from the hierarchy. It doesn't mean you don't involve people, but people look to the top of the hierarchy. Your kids look to you as parents and all that. And so that's really kind of strategic leadership. Mm-hmm. And once vision, direction, goals, values, and all are all set, then what you got to do is philosophically turn the pyramid upside down, and now you're into the servant part of servant leadership because now you're working for them. They're not working for exactly. you. Yep. And your job is to help them live according to the vision and the values and the goals and all that. And so when Jesus washed the feet of the, of the disciples, he was transitioning from vision and direction mm-hmm. to implementation, you know. And a lot of people think that if you do servant leadership, you lose your position or something. And what did Jesus say right after he washed the feet? Right. He said, you call me teacher, you call me Lord, rightly so, but just as I have done for you to do for others. And so... Uh, I think that's just so important. You can always tell an organization run by a self-serving leader because 
around implementation of goals and all that. They want the hierarchy to buy alive and well, so everybody's sucking up the hierarchy, you know? And so <laughs> as a customer, you've got a problem, you're talking to a duck, quack, quack, it's our policy, right, quack, right. quack, I just work here. I didn't make the rules and mm -hmm. all that, where if you turn it upside down, then you got the eagle soaring because uh, they're allowed to bring their brains to work. You know, we've worked with Colleen Barrett, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, with absolutely. you all have had her. You know, and why is Southwest great? Because uh, they, uh, they let the people bring their brains to the work. But what, what is the job that Colleen and Herb had over the years uh, is being the head cheerleader. I really had an interesting just experience just yesterday. I was flying Southwest from, from Phoenix to here and I was checking a bag. And I said to the guy, how long have you been with South? He said, 24 years. I said, you know, I wrote a book with Colleen Barrett. He said, Lee would love. He said, yeah. He said, I got a copy. He said, God, I so miss them because they're not central right, anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. He said, but you won't believe it. My daughter just graduated from high school, and I got a congratulations letter from Herb and, and Colleen. Is that right? Because what they do is, is they have people who are spies to find out good things happening to their people. And they mm -hmm. got, mm -hmm. you know, thousands and thousands of people. Uh, they'll send emails and letters and stuff like this. But this guy, you know, I, he's been with them 24 years, so they sent him a letter, not just a... It, it's email. amazing how much respect she, she received in, inside the organization. Right, yeah. And she was really, I think, looked at as, as I think it, I heard, as a, more of a grandmother. Yeah. She kind of, she loved everybody. Yeah. And you saw it with the people you, yeah. you dealt with everywhere. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And when, when Herb started to step down, he didn't want to get a Jack Welsh lookalike mm -hmm. who would come in and change the vision and direction and values and all, because they had that. He wanted somebody who naturally turned the pyramid upside down. And Colleen is a person, she just thinks serving others, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she did full time, just cheering people on. Ken, yeah. You uh, go back uh, east every year with yeah. family, and you bring family together uh, on the lake. You know, in today's environment, uh, family doesn't come into play a lot in business. Mm -hmm. um, talk a little bit about how important the balance is with, with family and your work life and, and getting priorities straight. How, how do we get pri priorities straight as a leader? Well, you know, Sometimes it's a, it's a trauma, you know, you get a, a spouse who says, I'm going to leave you, you know, because I never see you and the kids never see you. And because yep. and that's what people get hung up because they think their life is all about results mm -hmm. and all that. And they forget about relationships. I think you have to have, you know, Henry uh, Cloud had write the book Boundaries. I think boundaries. Mm -hmm. you need to have some boundaries and you got to have some free time for your family. And... Uh, one of the things that Marge and I have always do in the summer, because we go back east and we're gone there all summer. When the mm -hmm. kids were growing up, we said, you know, I mean, none of this little league and all this kind of thing in the summer. We're back together uh, there. But we always take our calendar out for the next year and just mark off family time. And we just don't, you know, take jobs and all. So, yeah. like, we always had the, the week of Thanksgiving is off, the week of Easter is off. Mm -hmm. the, not only is the week of Christmas off, but from about the 10th of December to probably the, you know, 10th of January, we, that was family mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. and, and so you have to remember, it, it's not 
the quantity of time with your family, it's the quality. Uh, and so I tell people when you pull into the driveway, if you still got a bunch of phone calls, then make them in the car. But when you go into the house, focus on mm -hmm. the family. And Marjorie read a powerful book called The First Four Minutes. Uh, and if you would just go into the house and just focus on each key person for four minutes, tell me about your day and all. Four minutes is a pretty long time. And it's amazing. Four minutes will really fill them up, you know, and mm -hmm. then on to the next one and just spend that, that time with each other. And you need, Peter Drucker, I loved, always said, nothing good happens by accident. Put some structure on it. Gotta you put, know? Yep, mm -hmm. exactly. You know, yeah. Like date night, I think, is really fabulous for the family where you go out with your spouse once a, every two weeks for dinner and you can't talk about your job or your family. You just talk about your relationship. Mm -hmm. Boy, that's powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, we need to. I, I passed out uh, 1 Corinthians 13 today, you know, and people play at weddings and, oh, you know, love is... You know, patient, love is kind, love is not self-serving, you know, and all those wonderful things. And everybody goes, oh, this is wonderful stuff. Well, how come they don't take it with them after the, mm -hmm. after the wedding and put it up in the refrigerator and make sure that they're following that? Because it's a wonderful description of the behaviors that you need to engage in if you're going to be a, a self-serving leader. I mean, a, a servant, servant leader, leader. Not, yeah, not, servant. A, yeah, yeah, not a exactly. self-serving leader. Yeah. Exactly. So I, a couple years ago, I, let's, let's wrap up with this one. You, you wrote a book called Refire. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us a little bit about what inspired that and, yeah. uh, um, and your thoughts about refiring. Or the, well, when I was turning 65, which unfortunately is a number of years ago, uh, I was on the phone with Zig Ziglar, the great motivation guy, and I loved Zig. And he had invited Margie and I to the 59th anniversary of his 21st birthday. And I said, Zig, are you going to retire? He said, there's no mention of it in the Bible, <laughs> except for Jesus, Mary, and David. Hardly anybody under 80 made a difference. He said, I'm refiring, not retiring. And I went, whoa, that's a really interesting concept. So I started talking about that. Mm -hmm. And I was on a plane going back east, and, and uh, it turned out that Mort Shavitz, who kind of headed up the psych and psychology department at UC San Diego for a while, was there. And, he said, Ken, what are you doing? I said, I'm refiring. And his eyes lit up because he was studying aging. And he found out that the happiest people are people uh, who are uh, retired to something, not from something. Something, right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, so we ended up writing this book, Refire, and dedicated to Zig because Zig passed away a few years ago. But it's really sort of taking a look at, you know, what are you doing to uh, reignite your life Intellectually, what are you doing with your mind and keeping that active? What are you learning new? What are you doing physically, you know, to yeah. keep yourself in good shape? What are you doing uh, emotionally in terms of relationships and all? And then what are you doing spiritually? Not necessarily religion, but what are you doing mm -hmm. to get out of your own way? And uh, we thought it would just be for older folks, and we find everybody giving it to their kids who are in their 20s and 30s, you know, or might be in a rut. Mm -hmm. Because I. I, I have a firm believer, and, I, and, and you are like this hard. If, if you stop learning, you might as well lie down. Lie down. And yeah. let them throw the dirt on you, because mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're about dead anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think is great about your Servant Leadership Conference here, is it uh, gives people a chance to relearn and 
get excited about learning and yeah. you're always learning and we we this is this is a time we love pouring into people and uh when you do it with the, with the right motive sure. and you have a lot of fun uh people have a lot to take away so uh ken thank you for joining us again i want you to tell everyone ken's been with us every year in our conference for seven years and He's never, ever, when I've called him, he's always said, yep, tell me what day, what time, what, when you want me to be there. And just like an unbelievable servant leader in that regard. So Ken, thank you for the great support. Thank, thank you, you for the friendship. Thank you for making such a great difference in my life. So I love you. So yeah, same to you. thanks for being here. I don't right. care what anybody says. I think you're all right. Yeah, you, yeah, you too. You too. All right. All right. Great. Thank you, Ken. We hope you enjoyed this conversation, and we encourage you to learn more about servant leadership and the services of the Servant Leadership Institute by visiting our website at www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. We're excited to announce the release of our latest publication, The Servant Leadership Journal, an 18-week journey to transform you and your organization, written by our founder and CEO, Art Arter. The book is available now on Amazon or our website. And save the date for our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference, February 19th and 20th in San Diego, California. Thanks for listening and allowing us to add value to your day.